This is a podcast from China Daily Hong Kong. Thanks for tuning in to an edition of Story Spotlight, where we engage with a CDHK reporter and dive deeper into a recently published story which drew a buzz. I'll be speaking with Jeffrey Gu, a reporter at China Daily Hong Kong, on his recently published story titled "Hong Kong Workers Real as Minimum Wage Frozen." On the HKSAR government's tough decision back in February to not increase the minimum wage in the city for two years due to a strained fiscal situation brought by the pandemic, Jeffrey, thank you for coming onto the podcast to speak with me. Thank you, thank you, Azam. You're keeping the record going of being my story spotlight guest, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here again. You're in the story spotlight <laughs> hall of fame. <laughs> yeah, so far, so far. Jeffrey's article covered the specifics of the Hong Kong government's decision to freeze the minimum wage at the current 37.5 Hong Kong dollars, which has always been increased annually since the inception of the minimum wage back in 2011. There are roughly 16,500 people on minimum wage in the city, according to reports published back in March. Roughly 0.6 percent of the city's total workforce. You know, you published a really great and important story. I believe it was back in May, called "Hong Kong Workers Real as Minimum Wage Frozen." And it was just such an important topic. I just wanted to talk to you about what was your take on covering the story. In your article, Peace Wong, chief officer of the Hong Kong Council of Social Service, wanted a desirable minimum wage between forty-three to forty-five dollars an hour, saying that many developed countries have set their minimum wage level at about sixty percent of median income, which to me sounds reasonable. And Hong Kong is, you know, a global financial hub, but also has the highest wealth disparity in the world, as we all know. So why is there a hard line drawn for this particular minimum wage targeting, which is about sixteen thousand five hundred people, roughly, on minimum wage in a city,、um, especially at a time when subsidies have been thrown everywhere else during the pandemic? Well,、uh, first we need to understand how the minimum wage level in Hong Kong is decided. The level is actually、uh, reviewed and decided by, by a minimum wage committee appointed by the government every two years. The committee consists of representatives from labor sector, employers,、uh, scholars, and officials. And the decision was not by vote, but actually by the so-called consensus. And this is also the first time a consensus was not reached, and the government had to step in to make the final say.、Um, apparently, the government this time, in the end, bought the idea from the employer side, saying the economic situation is bad. And they can hardly afford the increase of wages. They may have to cut jobs if the level is increased. They need time to recover their business, etc. Even if they agree to raise the minimum wage standard to like forty something per hour, the figure is still below those set by other economies.、Um, we are no government insiders and have no exact idea why the government rejects giving out. A、uh, hundred million Hong Kong dollars to subsidize the increase, which is not a, actually which is not a big deal of money compared with other COVID-related reliefs. Hundred million. Actually, sorry, just to clarify, hundred million would be roughly the amount that it would take to increase the minimum wage, right? Of the sixteen thousand five hundred people. Yeah, yeah, if they if they are going to increase the minimum wage by two Hong Kong dollars per hour, right? Right. So that will cost the government about one hundred Hong Kong million Hong Kong dollars. Right. Yeah. But actually, we can actually take a leaf from previous records of the government. The Hong Kong government has always adopted a market-oriented mindset in terms of economic issues,、uh, which means let the market play the decisive role. They may probably think, well, if I give the 
16,500 minimum wage takers two more Hong Kong dollars per hour. How about those who are already on the 40 per hour payroll? That is the number of them is not uh, 1,600, 16,500 anymore. It's 100,000. Should I also give those people extra money? And where they ask the government, ask the employers more, uh, is it good to the stability of the entire labor market in Hong Kong? Right. And these are the issues the government are thinking, whether it is good to dish out extra money to make up for the increase. So in the end, they decided not to give the subsidies to allow the increase of minimum wage. Okay, fair enough. And according to your piece as well, you mentioned this is the first time since the system was set in place of a minimum wage introduced in 2011, that there has been no adjustment. Um, and union representatives on the commission apparently wanted at least $39 an hour, while employer representatives were split between freezing it or raising it to max $38. Um, surely they know that with inflation, fac- in- inflation factored in, this is really going to hurt you know, the most vulnerable for two years straight, um, especially during the pandemic. And this is what a lot of the unions are saying. So do you think the bar was yes. set too low to begin with 10 years ago at $28? If it was set higher before, then during a time of crisis, it'd be more manageable to reduce or freeze it temporarily. Well, as you have mentioned, many developed economies set their minimum wage level at the 60% of the country's or the region's mini, uh, medium income. The most recent available data, which was in the middle of last year, said the medium hourly wage in Hong Kong was around 70, 75 Hong Kong dollars per hour, which means the minimum wage was only about half of the median wage, right? Back in 2011, the median hourly wage at that time was a little bit more than 50 Hong Kong dollars per hour. So the median income was slightly short of the uh, seven, uh, 70%, uh, sorry, 60% by one or two or three Hong Kong dollars. But the yeah. thing is, uh, 10 years ago, there were 180,000 workers receiving the minimum wage. The base was almost, it was actually 10 times larger than today's, right? Therefore, the 28 Hong Kong dollar mark uh, back 10 years ago could be reasonable. It's not, it's what, it was very, not very low, actually. The problem is that the increase may have been too slow because the biggest expenditures for the grassroots people like housing and food used to grow faster than the average inflation rates. Um, The government always likes to, you know, the so-called safe for rainy days. It is absolutely not uh, acceptable for the workers to get pay cuts during the crisis. The hope for now is that under possibly under the next review, which will be uh, two years later, the minimum wage can be raised higher than usual to make up for the freeze this year. Right. And I believe there was also a decision, at the same time, there was a decision to not green light any subsidy, additional subsidies to, is it just that particular group of, of people or just generally social subsidies? Was that done? I have to say the, 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 the number of people receiving or paid by the minimum hourly wage is not very big. And the government has insisted that there are other ways to help the grassroots people. Uh, but the thing is, did, have you covered every single person of the people receiving the minimum wage? Because there could be overlaps, there could be neglect. Uh, right. when, you, when you count the number of count the number of people who are in need of such kind of subsidies. Right, right. 
But this topic, you know, it's always a depressing one and it's never an easy one. And it's one that's universal, as you know, Jeffrey, like every every year, every place is always talking about minimum wage and trying to, um, you know, increase it. And I was wondering, you know, what was it like for you to report the story and if there was any sentiment that you took away from it? Yeah, actually, uh, one thing on which I tend to agree with the government is that there are, just like I said before, there are many other ways to help the financially disadvantaged groups in the society. For example, the Comprehensive Social Security Assistance, uh, CSSA, and housing subsidies. Um, However, I think more attention here should be paid to working families who are still suffering. Um, This is called working poverty. People are working hard. They want to live on their own instead of government health, and they are, however, still poor. In the end, it is uh, all about whether you are willing to take an extra step to help the grassroots. Um, I agree with you, Azam, that um, policymaking is not something you know purely statistical. It's about humanitarian care. Um, most of the workers pay the minimum wage are cleaners and security guards who actually contributed a lot to the society, especially during the COVID-19 so, pandemic. And the social they, unrest as well. Yeah, social unrest. So, Basically, over the past two years, they are they are working very hard and they contributed a lot to the society. And uh, some of their work are pretty risky. They are on the front lines, exposed to a higher risk of being infected. Right. So, shouldn't it be uh, more fair if they can be better paid? Jeffrey Gu, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a good pleasure to talk to you. That's all for this segment, guys. Until next time, stay healthy. <laughs>